Frank, I guess I, I guess we should clarify because Frank said, "Oh, is that the music when Dyson plumages?" And I said, "Frank, what do you believe the word plumage to mean when Dyson plumages?" We all what said, does that look like? It's not a verb, but go ahead. Well, no, you can plumage as a verb. So, no. like, I just imagine, like... <laughs> just imagine what? You, you don't show even us? know what Keep it going. means. Keep going. Is this a visual? I don't, I don't know. I think if I it is. Oh, no. oh, oh, no. Oh, I thought oh, I was going to say. Oh, so like, has reversed his head. <laughs> I imagine that, like... He just imagine, threw his headphone cord behind his back, like, watch me, bitches. Imagine I'm wearing, like, real low-cut shirt, right? No. And, okay. um, nope. <laughs> okay. No, I, no, I'm in. Keep going. <laughs> and like, how low cut? Enough, enough to where like the chest hair is coming out, right? Like he's got. What's like wrong with your hand? What? Do you have blood on one of your hands? Yeah. No. Just like bruised or some shit. Oh, that. Yeah, that. Oh no, it's fine. It's not blood. It's just red. Um. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Look. <laughs> I don't want to see it up close. What is I wrong? Just imagine man? someone like walking in covered in a scar, just like it's not blood, it's just red. Okay, <laughs> so you're wear you're wearing a low cut shirt. Yeah, low so cut. like paint picture. Oh, he's he's grabbed the mic, a la stand up comedian. And so like yes. he's got imagine like he's got like just like a, an open tunic and um chest hair coming out of his his a shirt, right? Nope. Okay. He's got an open tunic, a what shirt underneath. What the heck underneath. is an A shirt? It's a wife, wife beater. It's what they're actually called. Okay. <laughs> they're just called A shirt. So he has no, a low like, cut. like an A shirt. <laughs> so it's low quite, cut wife beater. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> and like his chest here just starts blooming out of his chest. Like an onion bloom. Like blooming or blooming? <laughs> Pluming. Pluming. Plumaging. That's why I like he's found like he's found a mate for the winner and he's just presenting himself. Oh, so his for the winner. I like how he had to. Yeah, he had to say plumaging. I knew what he. I knew he was going for, but that is not a fucking word. You gotta let him fly. That's right. (laughs) So there's a there's a question there. Is this like a common dwarven trait or is he magical? No, it's not. I like how he found a mate for the winter. For the winter. <laughs> that was my favorite part. You of know dwarves do not. They're not summer maters, guys. Well, and even That's like animals. Like animals yes. mate for the winter? Yeah. Is that a thing? <laughs> what animal mates for the winter? I don't. Serial killers. <laughs> Guess who has a bard? It's season four of World Walkers. Hopscotch is a bard. On season four of World Walkers. They'll stop the bad guys or die trying. Let's see what's in store on season four of World Walkers. What's up, everyone? I'm Pedro, the GM and creator of World Walkers, a weekly D&D podcast where four lost adventurers from different walks of life and worlds are trying to find out how they ended up in the village of Id on the world of Phelan. Hi, I'm Callie, and I'm playing Layla, the middle-aged elven druid who likes to stick her nose in everybody's business. Hi, I'm Jess. I play Hopscotch, a human bard that likes to party a little bit too much. Hi, I'm Frank. I'm playing Dyson Kyocho Belrock, a dwarf barbarian who's only good at fighting. Hi, my name is Wesley. I will be playing the goblin gunslinging ranger Harold, who looks to free the oppressed with stealth and 
guns. Previously, our new group had each woken up to find themselves in familiar settings, only to take a step forward and find those surroundings give way to an entirely new location, one that knew them intimately. They were just in time for the gathering, a ceremony that would choose someone to guard the memories of those that were lost. Just when those nominated, known as the Potentials, were announced, a group of creatures calling themselves the Forgotten made themselves known, demanding to be included. Soon, it became clear that they were willing to speak only through violence. Let's find out how our new travelers respond in Season 4, Episode 2. There's still time to talk. All right, so the first thing we definitely want to do before uh, we get anything going is we want to roll initiative. Do we? All right, so I'm going to go around and ask Harold. Now, so it's a quick draw. Yeah. And so I should have advantage on initiative rolls. Is that right? Yep. Oh, good. That's a 17 plus 5. Nice. It's going to be a 22. Dyson. 15. Hopscotch. 11. Better than mine. Layla. Six. Yeah, it's real good. All right. So the crowd is kind of uh, anxious to see what happens. The forgotten have been slowly fighting their way through the crowd, trying to make their way onto the stage. And then suddenly, Harold. Oh, wait. I have a second. Wait. Um, Which one's initiative? (laughs) It should be basically your dex bonus it's, unless you have anything it's else. It's the D20, and then next to your armor class, there is a score that says initiative. It's right below plumage. Oh, wait, there it is. Initiative. <laughs> <laughs> and I got a 13. Okay. So, Harold. Yeah, so seeing this kind of like aggression before, he knows that you kind of have to temper it with aggression, or maybe that's what he hopes. And so he's going to take a shot at the lead one with it so he quickly pulls out underneath his revolver and takes a shot at the lead one there that is a 19 that is a hit 12 damage with just lightning speed Harold suddenly whips out a weapon that uh, I don't believe any of you have seen before and there's this loud crack of thunder and then you watch as one of the creatures the the one that was speaking the most kind of recoils and uh, is holding his shoulder and he almost falls immediately and snarls in anger and uh, growls he says and uh, he looks like he has nothing but rage in his heart for Harold. And Harold says, your quarrel is not with anyone but me. And then he quickly counts all the other uh, forgotten and the other prospects. <laughs> he looks back uh, at the other people on stage. He goes, this is not where you want to be. Stand down. We can still talk reasonably. And uh, Togo, he nods. He kind of a. Uh, pulls his beard back and he says indeed we can speak if not with words then with the strength of the mountains themselves and he kind of stomps down and the the ground kind of quakes the rest of them have nothing but fear in their hearts (laughs) (laughs) and one of the other uh, forgotten 
uh, charges forward and he screams and it looks like they only have these great axes on their back but then he pulls another axe from his side and he hurls it kind of like sideways this axe has no hope of reaching you Harold if there's one thing you know I would assume it's the reach of a weapon like this so it's got a good 20 feet He's about, if you had to do the math, is that this axe has a good 20 feet on it. 40 if he throws his shoulder out, right? So he rushes forward and he throws it and this thing spins out. And then once it reaches about 20 feet, it looks like he went for it. You're about, you're well over 100 feet away, right? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, He throws it. It goes 20 feet. It looks like he went for it. Uh, anything past 20 feet is a Hail Mary, right? Um, once it hits about 40 feet, it suddenly picks up this vicious amount of speed. And it starts spinning with this kind of grim darkness and this kind of black energy trails off of it. And then it flies outward. And once it gets close to you, it curves and goes around you. And it goes for one of the other potentials. And it slams into the neck of Frederick Bunsen, the uh, scruffy ginger who's... And he reaches out and the old man can't even get a scream out in horror. And Frederick falls to his knees and then his head falls to his knees. Oh! Oh my gosh! And the, the crowd, whatever fun party chance they had going, it just kind of falls into a silence. Dyson. Uh, I am grabbing my pike, <sighs> jumping into a rage, and I am going to charge that dude. So, um, it looks like um, you would have to fight with all of your might and basically, in mechanical terms, burn your uh, basically burn your speed just to get there. The crowd falls out of your way to give you a uh, passage. Alright, cool. So I can make it? Yes. Alright. Uh, I'm going to shove a yard of uh, pike into him. That's not a win. That's, a, that's an 11. So you rush forward, and he brings his great axe and shoves the pike out of the way, and he just laughs and he says, You don't want any of this. As he does that, you can hear there's a sickly, mucus-like liquid that can be heard slurping from the wound of Frederick up on stage, oh, uh, Harold. What? Before you know it, a black bulbous shape gushes out just and then quickly takes the form of another of the forgot. It stands and its head is down and its shoulders are raised up as veins rip out of the um, out of the kind of the, the black mass and then it puts its hands out and then the veins 
burst out of its hands and then form into a great axe. And then it stomps itself into the ground. And then it looks up and it says, Remember. And the rest of the forgotten say, We remember. And now there's another one of them. These guys are the most metal thing I've seen. (laughs) (laughs) They are like straight out of like... They're just a metal band. <laughs> yeah, like, but yeah, this is like war badass level. <laughs> we remember. That's the, that's the music I just hear behind them right now. This is when like Carol uh, would turn to his god, Rash the Toad, and be like, "This may have not been my best move." Rash looks up at you and blinks. You watch as. It also reaches behind. You you, re- you thought it was reaching behind its back. It's reaching into its back. And it kind of closes its eyes and it looks like it's remembering something. And it pulls out one of those axes. And then it hurls it across, like right over the heads of the crowd. And it's aiming for one of the potentials. Not mean to get those guys killed. And it connects. And Sorry. it Sorry. finds the head of Foster. The halfling, and you watch as the crashing waves of water that made up her hair flash and then crash against the ground. And then you watch as she flies back and hits the ground, and then her body crashes against the uh, ground like an ocean wave. And that's it. There's no body left. Mother Jesus Christ. Does another forgotten climb out or? And then you can hear that. (laughs) That wave starts to form up. It's like the water becomes polluted. And then he watches like two arms pull itself up as another one of them forms up and takes shape. Hopscotch. Your turn if you want. Oh. Um, <laughs> we'll see how this plays out, Hopscotch says. Pass. That's kind of what he's thinking. Um, how far away am I from? Uh, 60 feet. Then I'm going to cast Cloud of Daggers. Can I, can I make a suggestion? What? Put it on the guy that I'm fighting. Then he'll move, and then I get a free attack. So um, when when you cast spells, do you want to describe what it looks like? Do you want me to describe how you want to play it? Oh, yeah, I guess this is a role-playing game. What are we doing? No, no, Wait, well, some play- it, it, no, no, I'm not saying like that. I mean, like, some players <laughs> don't want to. They're like, I don't give a shit. You do it. Like, I, I, was, I, was, I was being really honest. Like, I'm trying to think of it in my head visually. So I guess, um, you know, Hopscotch looks around and is like, oh, man, I guess I got to do something. So he, uh, he quickly pulls out the instrument. And uh, he... He uh, casts the the daggers up at the stage. Wait, at the stage? So he's going to help Harold or he's going to help the two that haven't moved yet? I thought they were all on the stage. All right. Where the heck am I casting them? (laughs) (laughs) There were two. There was a group that was approaching the stage, right? Okay. Two of them started running towards the stage and two of them have not moved yet because it hasn't been their turn. Okay, then, well then I'm, I'm casting at the ones that it will reach, so I'm guessing. It, so then he casts right. it at the people just standing that, that are not on the yet. stage. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Okay, so <laughs> he 
Yes! The Cloud of Daggers at these two uh, unassuming uh, people things. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Hara, apparently not in the action at all. Well, they, they're they're getting ready to. It's just that's how initiative works. They're like, they just haven't gone yet. You're catching <laughs> them. Like You're faster <laughs> than them is all. One is the accountant. The other all I know is, is that just I'm visiting like his dad at work a today. second level spell on somebody that's like just standing. Catch him off guard. I'm just the water boy for the forgotten. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is my first day on the job. <laughs> I'm in so a I cast I cast the cloud of daggers at the two red shirts standing off stage. <laughs> the two unnamed characters <laughs> who will soon be forgotten. Hey. Ah. Ah. And uh, that's what I do. And then I quickly put my my instrument back. Okay. <laughs> it was not me, guys. <laughs> All right. So uh, the leader, his eyes are affixed. He's furious with Harold. What? Why? Oh, what good. Did I do? I, we really <laughs> needed to have names to start with a different letter because I thought he was going to say hopscotch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank God it's not me. <laughs> oh, God, your character's dying. Woo! And you watch as he moves with surprising speed through the crowd. So, like, he he moves with just pure aggression and then begins to Before you know it, he's up on stage against Harold. So he brings his great axe up and then crashes it into Harold's chest. Ooh, for nine damage. Slashes it right into your chest. And then he says, soon there will be no potentials. That was a great idea. He just kind of smiles down at you. So are the daggers just kind of like floating? <laughs> because I, like I, I cast I, them. I, I have an axe in my chest. Uh, the damage takes place on the turn of the creature that you're hurting. And you have to wait for their turn. daggers. I'm just like, we're watching this action. And meanwhile, a cloud of daggers is off stage left. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a good time to talk about the way D&D works. A round takes place within the span of six seconds. So from the beginning of the round to the end of the round, it takes place in six seconds. So like football seconds. I don't know what the hell six six football seconds is. Because like if you're watching football and it's like, oh, six seconds left. Oh, cool. Then I have time to, you know, make nachos. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so the way it works is that from the beginning of the round to the end, it's six seconds. So okay. Yeah. So okay. from from Harold pulling his gun out to the end of the round, that'll have been six seconds. So like you you casting the spell is still going off. Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> that spell is going, and it's funny because it's actually about to go off right now. Now we're I'm moving to the the creature that's affected. So the red shirt. That creature is getting ready to move forward to uh, assist in the slaughter of the potentials, and then suddenly there's that burst of daggers. That cloud of daggers forms around it and starts to slice up its skin. And it has no idea where it's coming from. And then it hears that music and then the daggers burst forth and you need to roll 4d4 damage. Oh, it's this little triangle guy, right? Yep. I got nine. 
All right, yeah, so the daggers burst forth and then just start to rip him apart. He looks absolutely shocked, and he almost falls to the ground. He's holding his body together in different parts, um, and then he, he quickly, hurriedly runs away, trying to figure out where the hell all that came from. Then he eyes hopscotch off in the crowd, <laughs> and his eyes narrow, but he realizes he has a job to do first. You know, is he moving away from me? Yep. So I can attack? Yep. I missed. But yeah, so he quickly rushes forward, and then he haphazardly throws one of those axes. Oh, that's a good hit. And the axe does this wild curve, races around Harold, and crashes into Togo. The axe crashes into his chest. Togo falls to one knee, rises up, rips the axe out, and then throws it into the ground, and the uh, axe disperses. And he says, it'll take more than that to break a mountain. And the crowd kind of just erupts into cheers. <laughs> Togo! Togo! Guys, guys, I'm out. You, you guys got Togo. <laughs> Layla. Okay. Layla's just like, what in Sam hell? And <laughs> she's going to cast um, Healing Spirit. Uh, and I'll cast it on, like, where it's onto... Um, Harold. And so her healing spirit, so she has a quarter staff that's just like this twisted, gnarly looking uh, wooden staff. And then along the, at the, towards the end, there is a, uh, just like a few black feathers that are wrapped around it. And they, like out of the feathers, kind of a black, a, a raven that it comes out and like a magical looking one. It's dark, uh, kind of dark blue, sparkly, almost look like a mirage, and it flies over to Harold and heals him. Oh, Ooh. and it heals you for six. And uh, that is my bonus action. Oh, nice. And then for my action, I will beast shape into a panther. And I'll run over towards the stage. And the crowd immediately disperses, and they're just... <gasps> their breath is taken away. They, they can't believe what they're seeing. There's whispers. <laughs> Who is that? What is that? Is that she a potential? <laughs> so, yeah, you feel yourself in reinvigorated, Harold. Your, your class dagger isn't working. Oh, did it, did it work? It's yeah, time for the next guy. Gotta, gotta roll that damage. So I, I, it was, I rolled a 10 altogether. It's good. It's good. All right. So you watch as the daggers, which were already um, bursting forth and erupting and shredding his partner, but is still barely able to stand. Meanwhile, um, one of the newly formed ones that's up on stage rushes forward and immediately attempts to eviscerate Togo. Uh-oh. And Togo anticipates and ducks the attack. The other one rushes forward and is much more successful, drives his axe into the back of Togo's head, and you watch as the mountain cracks and crumbles. Crowd falls into a silence. Harold. This is a rocky star. <laughs> Meanwhile, <laughs> a 
another one forms. Now this raven, so how does the healing, like, can I associate it with the raven? Or I'm like, I just feel better. There's a bird above me. Like, cool. No, like, it, it, it doesn't look like a real raven. It looks, yeah, like celestial typically, right? Yeah, it's like a dark, shimmery, kind of magical looking raven. So yeah, he looks up at it and he's not sure where it came from, but he's thankful for it. And he looks at the the uh, the, the forgotten that stands in front of him in the chaos he's incurred in uh, the deaths that he's killed. And he said, we could have settled this peacefully. I'm going to use my bonus action, my planar warrior trait to uh, choose the one creature that he will take an extra 1d8 of force damage and all the uh, damage becomes force damage if I hit. And so, yeah, essentially he said, like, we could have said this peacefully. And he pulls out his revolver right at the guy's face and just point blank is going to try to shoot him. It's a disadvantage since you're in uh, melee range. Dang it. 14? 14 hits. Yes. Good. Oh, yeah. So then do 1d10 plus 5 and then my d8 as well of force damage 20. So there's this huge blast of force and you watch as the leader of the forgotten just just explodes in this blackness and the crowd is silent Harold! 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 Harold, if if there's still time, he would try to hush the crowd, and he would say, "There's still time to talk." Forgotten. Uh, roll persuasion. Uh, that's a nine. Uh, persuasion. What do I have in that? Uh, minus one. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. The words are probably more disingenuous than he really means. Uh, and also, I also imagine him covered in like. You can mean it. You just have no charisma. He's, just, he's yeah. waving around his gun. We can still talk. I just imagine him covered in the blood of like the fallen leader as he just shot point blank and he goes, there's still time to talk. We like, can be peaceful. No, I think we're going to keep killing you. <laughs> there's also like four dead bodies around him. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I've killed one, guys. Like we could totally. Harold try. Yeah. And then he would look at Rash and he goes, I tried to win. And then Rash looks up at you and blinks. One of the forgotten that was running up towards you stares. Did he forget? (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's what it kind of looks like. Like he's kind of looks around and he's like scrambling. You you see him start to claw his head. He goes, no, no, no. (sighs) And he looks around and he kind of gulps and then he... He throws his axe at Harold. Well, you guys, you know what? I took out one. It was a really great fight. And (laughs) I'm really happy to be on this podcast for the day. And thanks, guys, for having me. (laughs) That's uh, that's Harold's story. They call me Headless Harold. (laughs) But uh, he hurls the axe. And it connects. On plot armor. (laughs) (laughs) For six damage. Just kind of slaps right into your chest. And then as soon as it connects, he feels like this kind of renewed vigor. And then you watch him rush forward and then burst through the crowd. And just with this raw aggression, closes rank with you. Dyson. I'm going to close rank with one of them. Has one of them been hit by the call of the daggers? Both of them near you have. Then I'm going to go ahead and uh, shove my pike into one of them. All right. 17. That's a hit. Ooh, 14 damage. 
Nice, yeah. So you rush forward. Uh, the person's very focused on closing, uh, on getting up on stage, and then you rush forward and just ram your pike into its back. And, uh, if I take it down, I'm going to pin it into the ground with it. Nice, yeah. But it just, just kind of explodes in that like black, liquidy, just gross mess. And then um, is the other one next to it? Uh, yeah. I'm going to use my bonus action for um, Polar Master to uh, hit the other dude with the uh, opposite end of the weapon. 18 to hit, 10 damage. All right, and then, yeah, you quickly follow through, and then you ram the other one off to the side. Oh, Jesus. And that's it for that one, too. People are looking around and like, Who, who's that? Is that another? <laughs> the other guy. That other guy. <laughs> <laughs> new guy. New guy. Yeah. <laughs> I'll do a uh, Howard Dean scream with my spear in the air. Yeah! <laughs> yeah! <laughs> and then it's a uh, hopscotch. Harold uh, runs forward and. Uh... Wait, not Harold. <laughs> I was going to go really? with it. All right, yeah. cool. Bonus moves. <laughs> I wish. What's uh... happening? <laughs> I'm not in charge anymore. My limbs! <laughs> Again, another reason why I probably shouldn't have picked a character with a name that starts the same letter. Okay. Um, so. <laughs> Bad news, Wes. You have to change your name. <laughs> Please no, call no, me no, no. Arnold. So, uh, Hopscotch, uh, Hopscotch looks to the people next to me and like, all right, guys, I got this. And he, he runs forth, <laughs> pulls up his, uh. Pants. <laughs> I don't know what kind of instrument. I think I think I gave him a loot or something, but he's super skilled, so he can make it sound like anything. He runs up and he's like, "Oh, you, you, you're so I don't know. I'm not good at this." <laughs> Your mother smells of elderberries. <laughs> what are they called again? The forgotten. Yeah. Man, I, what kind of joke did you make on that? Like more like forgotten. I don't know. Done. He mocks him. This is like I don't know. Okay, what do I have to roll? <laughs> and hopefully, like, it's better than me trying to roll like this. He has We're to make like... a wisdom save. Alright. So it failed, so what happens? I could have told you that. What? So Please. <laughs> no, because, like, I couldn't figure out how to mock him. No, no, it failed. Like He failed his save. Oh, it's wait. So now... Wait, you're again failed? Instead of me? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Like, it succumbed to your vicious mockery. I like to think that you ran up to it and was like, hey, who are you again? And he's just like, oh, this always happens. (laughs) (laughs) I already forgot you. (laughs) Okay. Did we go um, to school together? Like, you seem familiar, but I don't know. I've seen you before. Hey, when'd you show up? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. (gasps) I was here the whole time. Okay, so I just, like, roll a d4 then. Um, I rolled a one. You rolled a one. Oh, no. Yeah. So you roll a one. It takes one damage, but it also has disadvantage the next time it tries to attack yeah. someone. Still good. Still which good. is like it's true, like a uh, potency. Mm-hmm. Take that. <laughs> Layla. Oh, boy. Oh, geez. All the people Panther. are dead now, I guess. <laughs> I will. Let's see. I will. I will uh, bite him. Arr. The The. Harold, no. Um, no! Ah! <laughs> the one that just attacked Harold? Bam! Oh, that's great. 
uh, 12. All right, so yeah, you leap forward. And... That's a miss. That didn't do anything. Um, And then... Look Harold's cool. still damaged, Annie. Yeah. Okay. So I don't. I only have to. So for my healing spirit, I only have to use bonus action to move it, but I can just keep it in the same spot. So I'm just going to keep it in the same spot since Harold's still right there. Yeah, I'm, I'm but, shit. but I also have ability as my druid bomb of the summer court and as a bonus action, including when I am wild shaped, which is nice, I can spend one of my fey energy dice to heal them. So I will heal him another D6. That's another six. Damn, that was this one's doing good. So you get healed six more. Right. And you also get one temporary HP for the die that I just spent. So Nice. So what does it look like when you use that? Um So since right now, just since she's already got the healing spirit, it just kind of sprinkles like some like almost looks like little stars that sparkle down onto him from the raven at the moment. Nice. So yeah. Sparkly Harold. So in my mind the raven poops a ball of <laughs> <Yes>. sparkles. <laughs> exactly. And it lands right on Harold <laughs> as it drips down. You're just like rejuvenated. I feel so much better. I feel better. Like Guy Diamond. It's like this war paint. Guy Diamond. <laughs> Perfect. I'm not having the greatest day. So uh, one of the forgotten, seeing this panther rush up on stage, decides to uh, close rank with you. It brings its axe and crashes it into the stage. Unfortunately for it, it misses. It looked cool. <laughs> right, and then it, um, it brings its face into yours, and it says, Bring your attention to me, or I'll take your friend's head. I really want the cat. I guess so. And then you feel another great axe not miss. It brings uh, the blade into your shoulder for nine damage, Layla. And then you hear a scream from behind you say, I agree. No more of that raven's attention. Bring it on to yourself. You've been warned. There's one more and... It takes its axe, and it does not hurt you. It doesn't actually attack you. It swings at you, and it purposely misses, Layla. And it brings its axe right within an inch of your nose. And it says, in fact, dismiss the raven entirely, or else. And it's giving you a chance to dismiss the raven or it's going to attack, and it's got its blade ready to attack. Okay. Harold. Uh, I don't know if I want to give it the option to wait anymore, so I'm going to take the shot, and I'll use my bonus. I, hopefully this works. I'm sorry if I get you killed. Uh, I'll use my <laughs> bonus action to uh, put the whatever on it, the planar warrior on it, and then I'll take the shot at it. So it's 13 plus 9 to hit, 1d10 plus 5, and then 1d8, 20. So you watch as, uh, once again, this blast of uh, force energy rips out of the revolver, and then 
that black energy just explodes and splashes all over Layla, but it's gone. Leave the raven alone. It's nice. Oh, and it was your turn, so you got another d6 healing. Five. Wow, it's doing good. Nice, I'm back up to the pool. You know, I would take the shot and uh, as it falls, it would be like, there is still time to stand down, Forgotten. And then you feel a uh, large haphazard whip from behind you. Okay, look, I keep giving you this option. <laughs> Dyson. I'm going to run up on stage. So I'm going to run up to one and then drive my spear into it. 15 to hit. That's a hit. 13 damage. All right, yeah, so that's a powerful strike. You almost completely run it through. And it screams in pain and then brings its attention towards you. Yep, and then once it turns around, I'm going to uh, thrust my the other end into its uh, face. Uh, that was a crit. Nice. 16 damage. You run your pike through, pull back, spin around, and then run it through its jaw. And then... Dyson likes to fight. Hopscotch. I am going to move 30 feet towards the action more, and then I am going to uh, cast hideous laughter, I guess, on the one closest to uh, Harold. Uh, It's a fail. Uh, He failed, which, like, whenever I say, like, fail, it means I failed. So uh, you succeeded. Yeah, so it kind of starts to chuckle. It's like... (laughs) 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 It just, like, tips over and falls over and just cannot stop laughing. It falls prone. So for those that want to know, prone. A prone creature's only movement option is to crawl. The creature has disadvantage on attack rolls. An attack roll against a creature has advantage if the creature's within five feet of the creature. So if you run up on this guy while it's laughing hysterically, you get to roll twice and take the best result. Anything else, Hopscotch? I just, like, smile. (laughs) (laughs) And people are like, Hopscotch, Layla. Well, uh, Harold's good, so I'm gonna move my raven to me. Okay, then I will attack that one. And that's not the laughing one, right? Correct. Bite his calves off. Bite his calves off? Yeah, I didn't bite anything because it's another 12, so. Alright, so, um, he's pretty angry and is looking at all of you and he is going to throw his axe at Harold. Actually, he's going to risk rushing forward, so you get an opportunity attack. Oh, that's a nat 20. Well, that is oh. a critical hit, so, so that's full damage. That's uh, that's eight damage, then. All right, so you take a vicious bite out of his back. He's able to survive it, rushes forward, and brings his axe into Harold's chest for nine damage. Working. New round, Harold. So he's, he's like breathing on top of you. How quickly you forget the lessons of the others. And I'll take a shot and I'll do it at disadvantage because he's in melee. 12, so that's a miss. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah, he's just he's way too on top of you to get any kind of footing. Harold was too impressed with his own line. <laughs> so the one that is cracking up on the ground, she's like, <laughs> and he stops and thinks and he goes, <laughs> He gets up and starts. He loses his, the rest of his turn, like getting over the joke that he can't remember why it's funny. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's starting to get up now. And then dice. Uh, I'm gonna go, the one that's um, just got done laughing. He's gonna get stabbed. Like, I'll give you something to laugh at or some shit. 
Yeah. Total one-liner for us. I'm a, that's a 16 to hit. Eight damage. All right, so I pull the uh, thing back and then swing the thing, swing the blunt into his uh, into his back. Uh, Eighteen to hit, seven damage. All right, and then yeah, you can hear his back crack, and then it just liquefies and splatters all over the ground. Yep, quick jig. You should said I got the last laugh. <laughs> and uh, there's only one left, and he's like, if you finish this. Be gone forever. Do you not understand? We don't under. Well, I become pissed, but I'll. Like, we don't understand because you didn't explain anything. I've been trying to negotiate a calm down the whole time. You just came up and demanded shit. He's just breathing heavy. Lower your weapon. We can still talk. (laughs) You would allow me to stand with one of you. After all this. People change. Drop your weapon. I'll drop my weapon and end my rage. <laughs> I meant I meant I know. this guy. But you <laughs> seem to... very nice, but thank you for listening. I feel like <laughs> He seems in utter shock, but he drops his weapon and it just liquefies on the ground. The crowd is in stunned silence. I'll just sit and my little raven will, like, sit on my shoulder. Why have you caused so much violence? We have been kept out of the memory forest. Uh, Harold still doesn't quite understand everything going on, so he would look to the person... Um, the elder man who like introduced and was like, this is what's happening. He's holding the body of his dead son. I thought that might be the case. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Harold kind of looks over to be like, this Ah, guy will help me. Yes. Uh, Yes, that happened. He will probably not help me. What are the memory force? We're not from here. People kind of like, <laughs> shell kind of laugh. No, oh, hey, you're not here from here either. I thought like everyone was from here. No, I'm from I'm... Kendis. Cool. I have no idea where that is. Um, <laughs> it's really nice to meet you. My name's Harold. Um, Dyson. Oh, nice, great. Layla comes out of her beach shape. Kendis? Yeah. That's where I'm from. Whoa. I'm from I'm from Westerfail. Bromelis. Well, I guess you're Laramick, but not anymore. Well, Aubendale, but guys, guys. Oh, oh, right. right. I so, mean, I don't want to interrupt. Situation. <laughs> I don't mean to be rude. <laughs> um, Please explain to us what the memory force are and why you might have been kept out. Why you've been kept out of it. Because the people of Ivanis select what memories are important to them and he looks up and the old man says we have we have to hurry before my before my son isn't remembered why wouldn't he be remembered anymore I don't understand I want the entirety of my son to be remembered what does that mean 
And he just looks at you. Just don't pretend you don't know. I'm going to. Uh, I'm going to um, walk over, look him dead in the eye. Like, I need you to understand. Me, her, guy with the with the with the Harold, uh, <laughs> and I look over at uh, Hopscotch. Him too, probably. We are not <laughs> from this place. Pretend you pretend that we are children who don't understand what this memory forest is and why somehow we're going to forget your why we're going to forget your child. Just stares at you. Don't act like that, Dyson. Who are you and what is this place? I demand to be one of the potentials. Now! Now let's go, why not? Why can't he be a potential? And then he looks at his son and he says, do you see what they bring? Why do they bring that? I thought he said, you guys keep them out. They just slaughtered their way. It's a bad look. (laughs) 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 No bones about it. No bones. I do say that too. I'm like, no bones about it. It's a bad look. But look. Uh, I think uh, Hopscotch is going to move forward and um, look at both the the old dude and the um, forgotten and use uh, persuasion to say, like, look, it looks like this forgotten wants to uh, be remembered and you want your son to be remembered. And time is of the essence, so why don't you two work together to uh, get your son in the forest? Can I can I gruff and give her advantage? Can no. you gruff? <laughs> <laughs> uh? <laughs> yes. Okay, well I rolled a two. Oh my oh, god! Persuasion <laughs> is a plus five. He look. The old man looks unreachable in in this state of mourning. <laughs> Damn it! Harold, do you still want to be the potential, or should we just let it let our uh... feel whatever trial is is supposed to happen now? can wait until whatever ritual for those who have passed is done. The oppressed do outlandish things. We must be patient. I know not the customs here. Do you guys like bury things or put them in the forest? It sounds like maybe Uh, the old man says the custodian of the forest remembers the fallen. So you do need to do the trials. So it should be him then. They point over to um the forgotten. Harold doesn't know who we are, doesn't know this place, and therefore is unfit to be a potential. Just stunned silence across the crowd. I'll turn to the forgotten. Do you have a name? Just stares at you. It's that bad, huh? It is. I'm sorry. We can't have names. And that kind of slams into Harold, and you're kind of reminded of the Echo Forest, and you're reminded of being dragged around and slammed against trees. You're reminded of being thrown into search parties in the middle of the night. Basically, you're you're reminded of what it's like to 
have your names ripped away from you and have your identity stolen from you and you're reminded of what it's like to be told that you don't get to have unless somebody else allows it but what's what's disconcerting is that these you're not it's not like you're reminded these feel like the truths of the steam-powered world of cog where you're from it feels like you're remembering shades of your world it's it's kind of uh, discombobulating it's very disconcerting because it feels like you're remembering almost like you're seeing your world through what's happening now and I don't know if there's a, a better way to describe it and then suddenly it's almost like and then you're snapped back to this I know what it's like not to have a name, not to be dignified with one. To think, to be thought of so little. We can discuss this more, but now we must do the task at hand. It seems memories are much more vivid here. And he would look at the old man and he would be like, what does the custodian do? The old man says, the custodian is responsible for making sure that the memories of the world are safe, that the memories of the world are accounted for and that they are protected, that they don't get destroyed or tampered with. And then that kind of slams into Dyson because Dyson, you've worked uh, for an entire group of people on Kendis. Uh, several times when you've done, uh, you've taken up bounties, mm-hmm. um, for the people of Hobbsborn mm. and the people of Hobbsborn, they have, um, an entire group of people called history keepers and the history keepers write down something called true history and whatever they write down, it's immutable. You cannot change the history of Menroth, the world of Menroth. Mm-hmm. Once the history keepers write it down. And so the way he speaks of it feels really, really similar. And it it just it feels like he's talking about your world when he talks. And then suddenly you just kind of kind of shift back and you're right back here again. That's not too different from what the history keepers on Kendis do. And Hopscotch and Layla have heard about that, but it doesn't evoke the same feelings. You guys have just heard of that. Yeah, uh, Carol would look over and he goes, Forgotten. Can I call you Four until you choose a name of your own? Seems rude to call you Forgotten. Uh, can you do this? What? Protect the memories. Keep them in line. If I'm elected. And you won't purge the other memories out of I would not. Anger. And the old man is angry and he says he will. Insight check on the forgotten. Can I? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a natural 20 plus uh, 
Five, so 25. He will rip the fucking forest apart. He is full oh. of rage. You can't, you have no idea what he's going to yeah. do until he gets in there, yeah. Unfortunately, I have to side on this village's side, and I don't think you want to be trusted. Why? Look at him. He's seething. Pure anger. Oh, uh, yes. It- rage is not a good emotion for protection. No. Rage is the only thing that will keep this forest safe. Rage will tear the forest apart. Rage tears everything apart. I understand for how angry you are. I understand the sadness that is in your heart right now. You need space. You cannot protect something that you hate so violently right now. I am sorry. But maybe instead of being a custodian, these... Fine people can agree to at least work with you, and if you have any friends left, I don't know if you have any somewhere else. I am the last, he screams. Well, then. Almost done. (laughs) (laughs) Not helping. Damn. One to go. <laughs> I'm just saying we're we're almost at like a. You hear somebody in the ground go, "Classic hopscotch." <laughs> <laughs> well, if you are the last of your kind, then be the last of the anger as well. I think we can solve one problem right now. Goddamn. <laughs> to drive me out is to drive away an entire culture. Is that the way of your people? To drive you out. If I do not become the custodian. Instead, why do you have to become the custodian? Why can't you just join these people here in the village and not... You don't have to be in a position of power to still have some say in things and still affect other people. Because the entirety of my knowledge must be transferred to the forest. Why? So much would be lost in translation if I simply sat down and tried to just speak to whoever becomes the custodian. If I were the custodian... I could transfer the entirety of my knowledge simply by becoming the custodian. You will ruin what is already there if you do. How do I know that, though? Did she roll the natural 20? <laughs> <laughs> Look, Pedro said it just like five minutes it's ago. It's a nat 20, baby. Not yeah, I know 20. that. No, 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 no. It's a good, it's a solid <laughs> Would you sacrifice an entire culture because you're not sure? I'm quite sure. And he 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 exposes his chest and he raises his chin and offers his neck to you and he says then end it. Then commit the genocide you so willingly embrace. That is not what I'm doing. End it. No, stop puffing up your chest. And then he like he opens up his palm and one of those axes bursts forth and he says, end it. She just crosses her arm and stares at him. And he he takes a look at the old man and goes, end it or else. She glares at him like, don't you dare. End it. Either I will be the custodian. Listen. And he pulls his arm back. I need you to understand something right now. I need you to understand. I will not have my culture tainted. Take my culture from me or give it what it needs. If you throw the axe, your culture's ending. It's already ended.
Thanks for listening to Season 4, Episode 2. There's still time to talk. Thanks to Kevin McLeod, whose website and combatech.com is where a lot of the music from this episode comes from. Thanks also to Josh Woodward for his music. You can find Josh's music at joshwoodward.com. I also want to thank Sirenscape for providing sound effects and additional music. You can find them at sirenscape.com. This may have not been my best move. (laughs) (laughs) Rash looks up at you and blinks. Um, the next of the forgotten, um, also rushes forward. And, uh, now that you're kind of looking for it, you see it. Sorry. What? <laughs> the fuck? I pushed the wrong button. Okay. <laughs> um. What does he smell like? Fresh peanut butter and glaze. What's your perception? Glaze <laughs> does not a thing. It's like a. Uh, 12. I've had glazed toast before. Don't tell me it's not real. But it. What? I don't. Yeah. That's what like is, saying he smells really like brown. thing we're talking about? <laughs> or he smells like. Fresh peanut butter and glaze. That's not a thing. Look, glaze look, doesn't have a smell? This is, me, this is me making a clicker to cut this out for you. But glaze is like a type of thing. It's not like a. <laughs> well, is it like glaze a sugar glaze? Is that what you're talking Okay, like a sugar glaze. Okay. Yeah. So. I'm sorry. I don't know. Brings his. You gotta roll your well, you'd have to roll the dice. I have to roll it. Yeah, so I was saying you gotta roll your damage. <laughs> this this is actually required a lot in this game. <laughs> Sometimes. Don't be too surprised if it comes up again. But why? <laughs> I should have picked my spells based on the type of dice I actually have. Oh my god. You don't have any oh force. I have I, one. <laughs> I wish you lived with someone who would might have a large collection of dice. Yeah, so. I'll be right back. Kind of these little- <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Pedro has walked into the other room where Jess is. Yep. I rolled and has- ten. And he's giving her a bunch of dice. Yes. Oh, you have a really Every good. Every time I roll like, a dice, the cat wants to steal it. No. <laughs> <laughs> he's now yelling at the cat. Pedro is very upset with the cat. Let's see what happens next. Oh, yes. Pedro is reaching into a large glass container, almost a gelatinous cube of dice, if you would. See, you can't find them either. This and he's is... having a little bit of difficulty finding. My hands aren't, like, fucking intangible. They have to Listen to that through. sound of the dice yeah, hitting the jar. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying it's not a so top-shelf nice. dice. What you hear is a loving marriage. <laughs> <laughs> Some real love right there, Wes. It's, it's, it's nice to see that it's still alive out there in the world today. It really is. You know, because as the Black Eyed Peas asked us, where is the love? And we found it here <laughs> in the podcast. Yeah. What is going on? <laughs> now I'm not sure what's happening. Pedro seems to be like looking into the jar as though he could manifest dice with his eyes. Pedro is now apologizing in some form of fashion. Now he's walking away. Yes. Goodbye, Pedro, forever. Goodbye, Pedro, forever. Next time on World Walkers. <laughs> In memory of Pedro. <laughs> <laughs> this is where you cue the sad, like... Here at the start, where the words fall apart. 
Her language is lost in the wind. The syllables sway in an ancient ballet. The meaningless sounds that we sing. Sleep, baby, sleep, baby, sleep till the feeling is gone. Sleep, baby, sleep, baby, everything's new in the dawn. The faces and sounds where the truth goes to drown. It's a bad look. No bones about it. <laughs>